You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, and streaming live on Ustream, this is AfterBuzz TV for the season premiere of True Blood. Tonight's host is Sarah Stratton. Joining Sarah will be AfterBuzz co-host David Packman. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest True Blood news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424 256 1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues, Sarah Stratton. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. So we're actually doing episode two of season four of True Blood, and it's titled Smell Like Dinner. So as you all know, it's 4th of July weekend, and so a lot of people are off partying, but we still wanted to give you a little bit of a recap of the episode and some of our opinions, and we will be back in full force next week, so be prepared for kind of a shorter show than you're used to, but next week... Well said. By the way, and I am not... Who who do they? Who do we announce? David Pakman or something like that? Maybe. You don't really look like David Pakman. No, I'm not David Pakman. I just wanted to kind of join in, and uh, so that way Sarah's not the only host, but by the way... DJ Jesse Jandy from over there in the booth. He has watched the episode, and so uh, so he will comment in. Again, as stated, it's a bit shorter. Now, uh, before you get into the episode, I know you're really giddy, but I'm going to slow you down to hopefully make it, a, instead of a 10-minute episode podcast, we'll have a 15-minute one. With your announcements. Yes, and uh, the good news is, I know for the longest time, not, well, what almost seemed like the longest time ever, we were off iTunes, right? Now we're finally back. Yay! We're back in full force. This is very good news. Now, the good news was that we were off because we had so many fan downloads. Now, we're, as they say, robust. And so we can handle the traffic. And so I dare you, not you, but okay. all of the fans <laughs> out there in general, to get us so many downloads that you guys crash the servers again. Because you won't. But it'd be good news if you did. Because that would be insane. So I guess what we're trying to say is thank you yes. so much for downloading us to the point that we broke for a little bit. Yes, and uh, thank you for your support during those tough times. Again, it was uh, it was slightly embarrassing for us, you know, but in, in a good way. And now we're back, and we appreciate it. Now, the other announcement I have, we recently just started After Buzzers of the Month, where we honor three hosts. And uh, so this month's After Buzzers of the Month are Ed Bowling. He is responsible for actually um, a lot of the work that went into getting us back on iTunes. I heard about this. I heard he was being so technology savvy to help us out. Yes, Ed Bowling, um, unlike most of our hosts, we have an eclectic mix of, uh, well, we have an eclectic and knowledgeable mix of industry professionals, Sarah being an actress herself. Um, Ed, however, is not. Ed is tech as you get. He is nerdy, and for those of you who heard him, he doesn't sound nerdy, though. Well, that's uh, great, though. I mean, we like to have the well-roundedness. Exactly. And people so, from all areas. Exactly. And so he he's so much into the idea of AfterBuzz that he said, you know what? Let me share my knowledge. I'm going to help AfterBuzz through this. So he did. So that's why he gets AfterBuzz of the month. John Comerford, he is a host. 
He is so many things. Uh, I mean, he, the things he's done for After Buzz. He's a costume designer, production designer, a cameraman, uh, production assistant. I mean, and the list goes on and on. But nonetheless, he's done so many things. That is why he is After Buzz of the Month this month. And he's built us a great shelf that Sarah did not use today for her bag. You know, the girls there. Where's the shelf? Uh, I'll show it to you after. All the girls that come into After Buzz TV, they always have bags, and I'm tired of the messes. So we built, John built a nice, amazing shelf. Now, Thank the last you, person is Michelle Macedo, who is a singer. That's not why she gets it. She gets it because, I mean, she might as well be on this show. She's on every show that we do with After Buzz TV, and she actually did amazing for us at the MTV Movie Gift Suites. And she booked us a lot of talent, directly and indirectly. So we thank her for that. Now, on to you. And clap and yay, everyone at After Buzz who won awards. Why didn't I win? I am here. No one else is here except for you. Well, you know what? Who knows? You might just get it for the month of July. I think that people out there should make comments and tell me I should win. Info at AfterBuzzTV.com. Thanks. So, Sarah, what did happen in this episode? Okay, so we're just going to kind of go over it like bullet pointy. You know, just like person by person. And I wanted to start with some of like, not the smaller plot lines, but the smaller plot lines of the episode, like Terry and Arlene. And they had a very big, like, um, funny moment last week where the baby, who's Renee, the murderer's baby, pulled off all the Barbie doll's heads. And this causes Arlene to go into a little frenzy. And we see that again this week where she's like, dead panning this baby like just staring at it for so long and so hard and then a blood vessel in her eye pops and again she freaks out and she's like oh this is the baby doing this to me he did this with his mind blah 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 so i just thought it was interesting to uh, to touch on because i feel like they're going to add a moment of this every week and i think it's hilarious i haven't decided whether or not i feel like the baby is actually like a demon child i mean i felt like the barbie thing was kind of normal like no big deal the blood vessel thing, I feel like if I stared at anyone as hard as Arlene was, blood vessel my eye would probably pop. But I thought it was kind of nice how they did this little moment. And these could be evil deeds. Like, they're not necessarily evil, but they could be. Jesse, do you concur? By the way, Jesse is a huge fan. I mean, he's done the Vampire Diaries. He's Buffy. I can't get this kid to shut up about freaking Buffy. I, I'm actually a... Oh. This was like the first... Episode of True Blood I've ever watched. By the way, the, we've we've done remodeling in the engineer booth, so he sounds kind of godlike right now. It's freaking me out. Yeah, Whoa, it's a little that's echoey. That's just my voice. No. Um, yeah. I, I'm kind of with Sarah on this. I don't know if it was legit or if it was... They kind of left it open. Yeah. Like, they're letting... Because she was staring really hard at them. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to kill you with my eyes type of thing. And then it was really sad, though, because then she yells at the baby that it's, like, horrible and, like, evil to the core and all of this stuff. And, like, she's calling it rotten. And I felt so bad. I was like, this is how children left. get... I know, but that's how children get messed up by, like, not receiving enough love. So I was really sad. But then Terry, her... Boyfriend? Husband now? I'm totally blanking. I'm pretty sure it's You're asking the wrong guy every time you look at me. I believe they had a wedding and it was held in Sam's backyard. 
-hmm. Anyway, but he's like, it's okay. Your mom's crazy. So I will cover you with another love. (laughs) Jesse, what are you? Jesse is in the booth right now with like a mat over his head. He's Uh, trying to dampen the sound so he doesn't sound godlike. Is that so you don't echo? (laughs) Does this make my voice sound a little better? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know, but now it's just going to make me laugh because you look ridiculous. You kind of look like one of those dinosaur characters in those big costumes. Hey, kid. You know what I'm talking? Yes, exactly. Anyway, so that was kind of uh, Terry and Eileen and their baby, and that's really short, so I just want to kind of get that out of the way and mention it. Also, we see Jason um, in this horrible situation where he gets kidnapped by the Panthers, And so he's been locked up. First he was in an ice chest. Now he's been moved to a bed, and he's, like, strung to it by his wrists and can't move. And so he's kidnapped. And we start out with the episode with um, – Two of the younger were panthers kind of licking his wounds on his head and just kind of staring at him. He's confused and he's like, I've been so nice to you. I know you care about me. Why aren't you letting me go? And they're like, well, we can't. We don't understand really why. And we're. I kind of felt like in the beginning that um, – what's her name? The Let me think for a second. Um, Crystal. Crystal. There we go. That Crystal is not around. I thought she was like way off in the middle of nowhere, like had no contact to them. But we learned through this episode that she actually is there and is supporting him being kidnapped. And we further learned that it is more of her idea that he was kidnapped. Because what they've decided to do is turn him into a werepanther. And that's kind of like one of the big moments at the end, like this little storyline develops and we see Andy tr- almost almost rescue him but get distracted by V. But we end up finding out that they are trying to turn him into a panther in order to continue the bloodline. I did not understand this at all. I was so confused. I was like, she's – Crystal's talking about her duty to, like, the pack to continue the bloodline and, like, her ex-boyfriend who – hated Jason's okay with them turning him, him into a panther so that his the person he likes can like have sex with Jason and continue the line. That makes no sense. Furthermore, there there's not just one woman in this pack. I Is it just it doesn't make sense to you or it just, just doesn't make sense to me. Okay. I don't well, know if I'm that's missing where, some information. Like, is she what? the let's, only one what? allowed to breed or something? Let's let's uh, use the power of social. You know what? If you have an opinion on that and how it makes sense. Tweet us or put it on our Facebook.com slash TV page. Or, like, let me know. I was just really confused. I was like, I'm pretty sure there's more than one girl. I don't know if she's the only one who can have panther babies. But it seems, like, really extreme that they have to make another panther in order for them to continue the line. I don't know if they're all, like, related and they're against that or something. I don't know. I was confused. I do think it is going to be cool, though, because it gives Jason a whole nother story. I mean, we've seen him kind of go in and out of these strange plot lines. We saw him get really involved with the church, and that was ridiculous. And then we saw him um, just get hooked on V. He's just been all over the map, and now he is gaining a power, which I think is interesting because he's always been kind of like a little lower than Suki. I mean, she's like the special one. They always make comments. They're like, oh, you're nothing like your sister. And now he's getting something that's going to make him more powerful. And so I'm wondering how he's going to use that, what's going to happen. I'm going to 
I mean, we've known with new vampires that they all get urges, like they need to feed and they're impulsive. I'm wondering if that's going to be the same with him, if he's going to become a panther and like be this vicious, crazy person and out of control or whatnot. But I think that's going to be a really fun little plot line to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, we also saw um, Jessica and Hoyt, and this little twist made me really sad because Jessica and Hoyt were my favorite couple because you have like they were like the good couple. Jess, are they a good couple or is she making crap up? No, no, they were cute. They're All really right. cute. She's the redhead and she's like the new vampire and she's dating Hoyt who's a sweetheart and like Fair enough. I didn't mean to be her. cynical, but I yeah, after Sarah and I used to do Desperate Housewives and I've heard her take on couples, so Well, you just don't understand what good couple versus bad couple means. All right. Anyway, but so Basically, what happened was they've always been this cute couple. And in this episode, in the beginning, of like, he stands up for her. Like, she walks out of this bar and all these people are yelling at her, like, oh, vampires belong in hell and blah, 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 rioting. And he gets beat up for her because she can't do anything because that would just be, like, more bad publicity for the vampires. So he, like, gets pummeled by a crowd of people. Like, he doesn't take on one person. He's taking on, like, a mob. And then by the end of the episode... She cheats on him. Well, she feeds on someone else. And in my book, that counts as cheating. <laughs> I mean, it right. seemed like they were like, I don't know. But I feel like in Vampire World, that's if you cheating. disagree with me, you can say so. Um, but I feel like if you feed on someone else, that's kind of like sleeping with someone else. All right. I've never thought of it that way. I mean, Jess, does that in, in your realm of like Buffy watching? No, vamp- because True Blood is... On a whole sense of, like, they have the synthetic blood and... Yeah, like, they have the capability to, like, eat on things. And, like, the whole point of, like, making, like, a human, like, by saying that they're mine is, like, you're the only one who can feed on them. And it's, like, I don't know, kind of like a... And once you feed on someone, you're connected to them. Like, you can feel some of their feelings. So she's feeding on someone else and it's, like, cheating and it's really bad. And Suki tries to step in and be like, okay, Jessica... Let's see what you're doing here. And she like totally shuts her down and is like, you're not my stepmom. You hurt Bill. Blah, 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 blah. But it was really sad. And we all – I I strongly believe that Hoyt's going to find out that Jessica did this. I mean I don't understand how he couldn't. This is television. Everything, everyone finds out everything eventually. As they do in life, by the way. Just an FYI. True. That is true. Have you learned that from experience, Phil, or are you just – uh, I've always been the one who's gotten the information. Oh. Okay. So. That's because you investigate people. No, I really don't, to be honest with you. I, I It just always... You'd be surprised how easily, when you're not even looking, just things come to you. That's true. It's happened once or twice to me. Not that I was the person keeping the secret. Other way around. Anyway. But, so... Phil, are you are you on your phone Listen, all right, so here, here's here's my deal. I have to... True Blood uh, is really important. I understand, and I suck at this. I know nothing about True Blood. You know what? Fine. I'm going to kick myself out. I'm going to enter my viewing of Celebrity Rehab because that's what I'm going to host right after this. So for those of you who are True Blood and Celebrity Rehab fans, tune into my show right after. But you are in good hands with Sarah Stratton. I just kind of want to get her started, make her feel comfortable. No. And you know what? Thanks You're doing so. well. You don't need me. You don't no. need me. Okay, Phil. Thanks. All right. I appreciate your short company. Listeners out there, enjoy Sarah. And uh, let her know how she did. Okay, (laughs) great. Okay, so we're going to say goodbye to Phil. Wave.
Bye, Phil. Have fun. Everyone stay tuned for his show after this. So anyway, as we're talking about Jessica and Hoyt. So as I said, really cute couple. Now she cheated on him. Now I feel like it's just going to fall apart. And it's not okay because he's such a good guy and he does everything right. He stands up for her. He was the first person who was like there for her when she like became a vampire and she was like really lonely. And like he was the reason that she like was happy in my opinion. Like, he was the person she could connect with, and he made it okay for her to be a vampire. So she, like, she felt really alone, and he made it all right because he gave her some, like, someone to connect with. So from there, we obviously have a plot line with Sam. And last week, we kind of found out that Sam has this little group, and there's four of them, and they're all shapes of shifters. And there's two women and two men, obviously one of them is Sam, and we saw them all turn into horses, and they, like, have their little shifter gang. So we are learning a little bit more about them this week. And basically, the main person we learned about was this girl named Luna. And Sam is kind of having this relationship growing with her. And she's really pretty, and she's kind of set up to be, like, the mysterious shapeshifter in a way. And so, but he's, like, prying in and, like, seducing her and being, like, you can be open with me. And, like, she finally agrees. So we learn a little bit more. And basically she has a really sad story where she grew up on an Indian reservation. And she actually – her mother died during childbirth. And then she learned all these stories about um, basically shapeshifters, but they had another name for them. And in their, like, storytelling, these people were evil. And you could only get the powers, like, if you killed someone in your family. So she grew up thinking, like – this is horrible. I'm an evil person. I killed my mother to do this. And we also learn a very interesting piece of information, and that is that she shapeshifted into her mother. And this is a whole new thing. Like, we've learned that shapeshifters can turn into any animal, but I personally didn't know that they could turn into people. And I'm wondering if that is just her, because that's, I don't know, somehow in her bloodline, or if we're going to learn that all shapeshifters can change into people. I think that's going to be really interesting. Um, Obviously, that can cause so much chaos by turning into a different person who knows what you can do. Like, it goes beyond spying. It goes into, like, manipulating and craziness. So that should be really exciting. And then we also see a, a relationship between Sam and his brother Tommy. And they had a big falling out after um, Sam shot Tommy. So, I mean, it's kind of understandable. Once you shoot someone, not too much of a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Could be bad. Um, but now Tommy kind of expresses that he wants them to be brothers. And I think that's good. Like, And they're not like jumping into it like, oh, we're going to be lovey-dovey right away. And they kind of make the remarks that they have to take it day by day. And I think, I have a prediction, that Tommy is going to join this shapeshifter clan might cause a little drama between Luna. I don't know. But I also think that they are going to shapeshift into people. I'm wondering if they're... I'm just really interested. I mean, if they shapeshift into a vampire, who knows what could happen. If they shapeshift into Bill and become the king of Louisiana, they could cause... So if they shapeshift into a vampire, are they allowed to use vampire powers? I would highly doubt it. Okay. 
But, I mean, we haven't really even learned if all of them can shape, shift into people. We just know that Luna has done it before. So my question is whether it's just her because she's this Navajo right. person or if it's all of them and just none of them have never ever tried. So or maybe they'll try and one of them it will go horribly wrong <laughs> and be really messy. Oh, gosh. Yeah, but it should be interesting. They've set up a lot of new components this season. Like so far we've mentioned that we might get a new Air Panther with Jason. They might change into humans. It's just all over the place. Also, um, we kind of see we have Sookie, star of the show, um, who we learned last week that Eric bought her house and now thinks that he owns her. And she makes a comment in the early, earlier on this episode and she goes, the house does not come with me. And Eric goes, well, I guess I overpaid for it then. And he also mentions that he thinks there's two Sookies. There's the Sookie side who says like, oh, I'm just a human. I need to be safe. And then there's the Sookie side that says, like, I'm more than a human and kind of has that spitfire attitude to, like, talk up to all these people who could easily kill her. And I think it's very true. I mean, I don't think there's two split personalities in Sookie, but she definitely has, like, this one side of her that's super vulnerable and, like, I want to be held all the time and, like, always scared. But then she has the side where she is crazy and talks to people who can kill her and will clean up after people's deaths and deals with all this crap all the time and is still... Pretty sane for it and, like, still willing to, like, put herself out there. But um, we also see her – we see her reunite with Tara for a minute. Like, Tara sneaks up behind her and Sookie has, like, a flash of seeing fairies instead of Tara coming at her. Interesting. I think that's kind of a little bit of foreshadowing. Um, But – and then we also see Sookie go to Pam and ask Pam to um, convince Eric to sell the house. And Pam's like, I'm not doing that. And also tries to convey, which what is what Eric tried to convey, um, she tries to tell Sookie that it's better to be Eric's than to be no one's. Because at least Eric can protect her, whereas if anyone else finds out about what she can do with her blood, then she's just going to be dead. Um, then we also see, so Sookie is kind of trying to figure out her whole housing situation. She finds out that Eric has put a cubby that he can sleep in in her house. She's not too happy about that one. She's also getting gifts from him that she's not too thrilled about. Um, and she also goes to Bill. And she does. And she asks Bill um, to be the king of Louisiana and somehow get Eric out of her house. And he kind of is like, well, I can't really do much. Like, he bought it. I can't do anything of her property. But you can definitely see the wheels turning that he is going to do something about this. Or he's going to hold something over Eric. And then the other thing is that we have a really big plot line starting between vampires versus witches, also known as necromancers now, which is people who bring things back to life, back from the dead. And this is a big problem that we learn because according to um, Bill is that if they can control the dead, then they can control them. And we see a big glimpse of this in the fact that we walk um, – Eric goes in to uh, the witch's coven meeting. And what's going on is they've just decided that the leader, Marnie, doesn't want to raise another bird, but she wants to raise a human back to life. And just then, Eric waltzes in and is like, are you looking for a dead body? Thinking he's all suave and going to, like, destroy them all. And it kind of gets turned around in his face 
where all of the sudden Marnie is like possessed by another person who seems like she's from a different era. I feel like Eric might have known her or something. I don't know. There was like I felt like there was obviously something weird going on. But to me, it was like not only was he scared, but it was something that he was familiar with. I could be way off, but that was just my opinion. I'm sure we'll learn more about it. Anyway, and she starts speaking like another language, and all of a sudden Eric is like freaking out and runs away. And the next thing we see of him is he's walking alongside the road shirtless, sees Sookie, and has no idea who she is. And she's like talking to him like, Eric, what's wrong with you? And he's like, I don't know you. What are you talking about? But then, of course, we're left with a cliffhanger of he's like, you smell good. And so... I'm wondering, because when he was first walking along the side of the street, I was thinking, did she make him not a vampire anymore? Like back to a human, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, is he just a human? Like, was her, like, taking the death out of him, just making him human? So that's what I was thinking. But then with the smell aspect, I was like, well, I feel like he wouldn't have some supernatural sense of smell if he was just a human. So I'm I'm confused. I'm, like, confused if there's something. What exactly has changed about him? Like, did she just make him, like forget everything that happened or did she do something more and not make him a vampire which i think would be a good thing like i thought the vampires would like like it if that's what they could do like if they can take everyone and make them humans again isn't that like everyone wins yeah isn't that great so i I guess it can't really be that because that would be like happy ending for all um but also so those are most of the key points i'm trying to think if i Oh, there's one interesting piece of information that I heard in this episode that I was wondering last week. And it was, it's just a simple question. I was like, what makes the black magic versus the light magic? And I was, but actually, um, it was answered in this episode. And it basically was just that um, if you are have a good soul, you're going to make good magic. And if you have a bad soul, you're going to make dark magic. And so it was really interesting because this conversation um, was really Lafayette asking. And I was trying to decide whether or not I thought he had a good soul or a bad soul. Because I personally, I love Lafayette. He is a crack up. He is so nice. But, like, he's kind of a mix when it comes to moral values. Like, yeah, he stands up for his family. But he also had, like, a pornographic website and was a drug dealer and. Lots of questionable things. So he's, like, kind of a good person. He is a good person with, like, really questionable values. So I don't know if that is considered, like, a good soul or bad soul. Is he going to be doing good magic or dark magic? And well, maybe then, that will be his his internal battle. Yeah, what what he does, what comes out of him. Something like that. I would agree. Because last week weren't you guys talking about you felt that he might be the only one with actual powers. We were. And I think this week that was kind of shot down. Well, yeah. But I I still don't think it's necessarily Marnie who has the powers. I think it's like a soul in Marnie. Because there was like this weird like flashing going on where like one second was her face. And then for a very split second it was like someone else's face on right. her body. And to me like I felt like she either brought another soul into her or there was – or reincarnation. Or channeling. Yeah, like something's different. Like I feel like it's – I don't know if it's exactly Marnie and I'm waiting to learn more about that. And so um, basically though what we established in this episode is a whole bunch of new plot lines, great arcs for what the characters can do. There's definitely a threat against the vampires in this one witch's clan. Um, I want to learn more about that history. 
like what Marnie or Marnie's reincarnation did in the past because they did mention the Inquisition in this episode and that maybe the necromancers had like hurt them before. Oh, I totally forgot a really big section of this episode. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get it all down. Um, sorry, I'm going to go back to Bill. And we learned also about Bill's history. And um, some questions were answered about how he became king and how he kind of got involved with the new vampires. And we got this flashback of him in the 80s. Uh, looking like a punk rocker, and I just thought it was hilarious and not convincing at all because he just looked really old. It was yeah, to it was me. like a really bad like. Yeah, it was like Billy Idol wannabe. It was really. It just didn't look like he fit in. Like I, if I was in that eighties bar and I saw him, I would think he was like someone's dad, like trying to play <laughs> like goth. And I was like, this isn't convincing. You do not look cool. Right. Um, but basically, we see this flashback where he's contacted by kind of like the face of um, the vampires. Um, and that's the the news lady woman. She's blonde. She's always the one on camera being like, oh, we're civil. Uh, she doesn't seem so civil because basically she convinced Bill to be a spy on the vampires themselves so that they could come out to the public. And then to further that, she was the one who prompted him to kill the queen and he didn't just fight the queen. Like, I thought he probably, like, fought her death. I don't know, pulled some cunning move. No, he brought in armed men with wooden bullets with silver cores who just shot her. And to me, it seemed that um, the news lady was the one who funded them. So he, Bill seems kind of like a puppet by this, um, what's the word for it? It's called the One True ba- Vampire Authority. And he's just kind of been working for them the whole time. And I'm wondering if we're going to get introduced to them more or learn more about that. But I do love how they feed in all these moments that have already happened that you suspect are there. But you never really know until they tell you. And that's great. Um, So that's most of everything covered in this episode. Uh, I'm trying to think if I missed anything that comes to the top of my head. Um... That's basically all. I'm going to say that we have a lot of new character plots. I want to see what's going to happen with... I think that after Eric goes through this change, I think that his memory's going to be gone. And I think Sookie's going to like take care of him and like grow to like him. So that was your recap. And as I said, we'll be back next week with everyone and not just me. So... See you then. Have a great 4th of July, everyone, and watch the next episode of Celebrity Hub. Okay, bye. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzzTV. Buzz you later. Oh, buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzzTV or its owners or principals.